detective. Thrill me. Thanks for joining us again. Episode 5 of Slasher, Jared. We're right in the, the meat, shall we say, mm-hmm. of the series. You know, I'm not, I don't want to sort of get ahead of myself, but judging by some text messages I received from you on Friday, <laughs> you, you've got some interesting things to say here. Uh, interesting's one way to put it. <laughs> Look, what we'll do before we get into that is we'll actually do a little bit of a um, what we've been watching because uh, we haven't done that for a number of weeks. So just being that we've been in lockdown, I've certainly, my ass has certainly squared up a little <laughs> on the yeah. couch recently. Yeah, so, a little bit of that. I, yeah, I've got a fair bit of that under my belt. So I'll, I'll, I'll kick off. Uh, I went back to Walker. Of course you did. And watched episodes 12 through 15. Look, again, why am I watching this? It, well, it you tell me because you can't stop. I, <laughs> Well, I did. I fucking stopped, and then I just couldn't help myself. <laughs> you continue. To, you continue to question, but you're the bloke that's keeping this thing afloat. <laughs> well, the season two is coming out soon. So I've got plenty more episodes up my sleeve. Yeah. Look, look. The show has has grown on me in terms of. I think that they've found a bit of a groove. Uh, and, you know, I'm comfortable with the actors and everything like that. And there was one particular episode of those three or four that I watched this time around that I actually sort of got a bit of, you know, there was a bit of energy to it and there was some interest to it. Mm. But the others were just they're, just, they're just fucking boringly cruising along. There isn't much there. I mean, we've said this from day one, Jared. I want Walker to kick someone's fucking ass. Yeah. Well, yeah. When's that, when's that going to happen? That's the crucial ingredient that's just that's missing at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some action. Even if just some set pieces that are kind of well done. Yeah. So, look, I'll stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> no surprise there. I, yeah, I watched the second episode of Heels. Yep. Uh, enjoyed it, and I believe the third episode is, is just out. Yep. Um, so I'll have to check that out. But, yeah, I really liked the second episode. I kind of really dig this kind of small town wrestling group, it has yeah. actually, it does remind me a little bit of something like Friday Night Lights. Yeah, um, definitely. In some of its structures. And it's got a little bit of this but sense I, of mirroring, like, what's going on off, you know, outside of the wrestling. They start to throw it into the matches and there's this kind of little, you know, if if you're a fan of wrestling at, on any level, it's you, you can see how they kind of take those storylines and throw them into the ring and, and, and all that sort of stuff. And I think it's, yeah, yeah I'm enjoying it so far. I, I watched I watched episode three and, it, like, there was this contrast. Episode two, they didn't do any of the wrestling. Episode three was almost all in amongst the wrestling and they got CM Punk to guest star as this fucking has-been who's just, you know, doing the circuits to, to keep food on the table, basically. And, yeah, I'm really digging it so far. Yeah, yeah, it's got it's got some interesting vibes to it, and as I said, it uh, it does sort of feel like Friday Night Lights for me, which is good because you know I was a big Friday Night Lights fan, so I like that that whole sort of small town vibe, and I think it's done very well so far. Hmm. Uh, I watched the first episode of Chapelweight, mm-hmm. uh, which is based on Jerusalem's Lot. Is that? Yep. Yep. 
not correct. That is Stephen correct. obviously fucking missed a payment somewhere. And yeah. Stephen <laughs> scoured his, his uh, catalogue of short stories and said, oh, no one's done this one yet. <laughs> Put it up for auction. <laughs> Somebody leapt at it. Look, it's pr- pretty solid. It's a bit of a slow burn by the look of it. Yeah. But it's pretty well made, and Adrian Brody, I've, I've always been a fan of him as an actor, mm-hmm. uh, and he's quite good in this. So I'll, I'll check out the next couple of episodes and see where we're going. Now, I went on a, we went on a bit of a teen film kick, me and my wife. Uh, we watched She's All That mm-hmm. from 1999. I remember that being like, uh, I remember people saying it was sort of like your classic 90s teen film. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I don't think it was, I don't think it was no. ever that good. It was for yeah, memories, but I don't think it was ever that good. Yeah, but even looking back, I can't quite, re- I can't quite work out what it was. But you don't, you don't, tell, kind of, you, know, you can't recall the times when Freddie Prince Jr. was, was, you know, getting letters all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Freddie remembers those days either. <laughs> when he was fucking big. Yeah. Uh, look. It was okay. Like it's, it's mildly amusing. I mean, fuck Matthew Villard, just just this ridiculous dance he does at one point. I was just fucking in stitches. <laughs> 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 but other than that, it's kind of a bit bland. And it's a, no surprise to you. Not long after watching She's All That, we watched He's All That, the mm. new male ver- uh, swapped. Swapped version with a male sort of um, nerd, I guess you'd call them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nah, nothing too special there either. Yeah, Just I the have read shit. some. I have read some scathing work online about it, so I was interested to hear what you thought. Oh, about it. Look, I wouldn't be as scathing as they were. I mean, I knew what it was. You know, like you, you got to go into these things with a bit of a fucking modicum of knowledge that yeah, look, it's not going to be great. The only it, it didn't really do anything different with the, the stuff. It was exactly the same, really. So what and I considering read, considering it's twenty years people, older. What I, what I read, it wasn't necessarily that people didn't know what it was. It was just the 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 way that it came together. They reckon that you know they've cast someone from TikTok rather than an actor, and yeah, essentially they said there's just no no laughs, there's no charm, there's nothing really. Yeah, it, look, it lacked a few things. Matthew Lillard again, the only good, the really only <laughs> amusing part of the film, mm. um, and he's only in it for maybe about five or ten minutes. Uh, look, as far as the girl from TikTok, like I fuck, I've never, I'd never heard of her. I'm, I'm not on that sort of shit. But um, <laughs> she, she, she I, I, was. I, I cannot uh, believe that, mate. I, can, I just can't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> you've taken me, you've shocked me there. I thought you'd be, you you be making your own TikToks. I've taken you by surprise, have yeah. <laughs> I? mean, I can, I can see you getting up there doing the latest TikTok dance and sort of, you know, sharing it around oh, and that sort of thing. Fuck. Well, I asked Caitlin one time. <laughs> no, this is what I asked. She told me that there was a video of a bloke lip syncing a song whilst drinking some sort of orange juice on a skateboard. Yeah, yeah. And now the orange juice has gone through the roof. And I'm like, what the fuck? Mate, it was ocean spray. <laughs> it was ocean spray. Sorry. They gave him a fucking truck. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, honestly. Yeah. And, and, I, and I kept saying to her, I don't understand. <laughs> she's like, 
<laughs> and she's like, hey, yeah, yeah, like again, it's the latest way I'm, I'm totally think. shocked. I'm shocked by this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Right, look, mate, I, could, I couldn't fucking get my head around how you make money off this shit. <laughs> oh, if, I can, if I can work it out, Jared, we should get in that fucking business. Yeah, I, I mean, I just... I can't imagine the the sort of shit we'll be putting out there, mate. Like, I, I, given that <laughs> given that you understand, you know, seem to have wrapped your head around the whole um social social media following and things like that. It's uh, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. I'm the perfect bike for this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, okay. Let's get back on deck. All right, we also watched Can't Buy Me Love from 1987. Is it 87? With a very young Patrick Dempsey in it. Mm. Again, I have fond memories of it when I was younger. They're probably not as fond now. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of these movies, I mean, fuck, you look at them and you think they would never get made today. No. Some of the stuff that goes on, you're just like, yeah, you can see this being kind of cut out of it. Yeah. Or removed or whatever. So, are you, talk, are you look, talking about movies great. like Soul Man and things like that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Movie, I think movies like Soul Man shouldn't have got made back then. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh, terrible, terrible stuff. I watched all of season two of Slasher. Hmm. Look, I, I enjoyed it again. The out- outcome kind of sticks out more when you watch it again. Mm. You kind of see the little bibs and bobs of what they were going for, and you can kind of see that um, it's there. Overall, it was okay. I'm thinking of going back and watching past, uh, season one as well. Mm-hmm. But I haven't got around to that yet. We jumped on uh, Star the other day and just bumbled into Vacation Friends with John Cena. Yep. You've heard anything about this? Oh, I haven't heard a lot about it, but yeah. Mate, I love Barsov. <laughs> of course you did. Cena's fucking great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. He's piss funny. He's right. piss funny. Look, the movie's nothing special in terms of its plotting, but just the actors really sort of liven it up. And John Cena, you know... He's not a bad actor, personally, but as in in comedic roles, he's he's great. He's got really good timing and shit. I mean, he hasn't got the range of Batista, but you know, no, he's close. Hmm. Sam, I Sam watched. Well, you know, he's in the ballpark. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went back to a bit of true crime on Netflix to see if they'd fucking worked out how to make them properly. One was called Sophie, A Murder in West Cork, which mm-hmm. was a three-parter. Yep. That one was probably quite – it was actually quite interesting because the outcome of it was something that you didn't normally see uh, in terms of what actually became of it, which, you know, I'd never heard of this particular thing happening. So it was really interesting to see that. Overall, it was pretty well made. It was an interesting sort of case because it took place in a small community where murders they hadn't had a murder in, in decades. So yeah. it was interesting to kind of see it from that side of the house. The other one was Memories of a Murderer, the Dennis Nielsen tapes. 
it's another one of Netflix's pretty low, not poorly made, but once again, I didn't really get a lot of interest out of it. It was more about him on tape, the tapes that they had of him and him talking a little bit like Ted Bundy's one. Yep. But I didn't find it particularly enlightening, and he just, he, I mean, the bloke was just a strange little fucking man. Hmm. We need to stop kind of portraying these people as kind of, you know, like scary and more of a, he was just a fucking strange little turd who got away with this shit. The one interesting part, Jared, that they didn't dig into deep enough, I felt, was the whole idea that he got away with this for so long because he was basically operating in the... um homosexual community and, and, and back then in the in the late seventies early eighties in London, people weren't willing to come forward mm. if, if they were gay because the police were not going to listen to them. And essentially yeah. they did say that one one guy actually got away, but he, he he went to the police and they basically fucking brushed him. Yeah. And so I thought that that's really interesting stuff, but it's just glossed. It's just basically whipped out for like five minutes, and then that's it. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's one of the so, interesting sort of bloody sociological elements of it, I guess, which is which is probably worth exploring. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, I would have been more than happy. I think it would have been better to explore more of that as the as the kind of the the angle to take. Hmm. Um, but yeah, once again, I think Netflix. You know, come on. Let's stop. Uh, let's stop just letting any old fucking idiot put together a documentary because it's true crime related. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, man, you had this discussion about fucking Son of, Sons of Sam, which yeah. is quite frankly one of the worst documentaries I've seen in years. No, I wouldn't go that far. I think it was <clears throat> look. I think it was an interesting doco that one, but it was it was stretched out. Well, in terms it- of its factual relevance, though. Well, this is the thing. It would have been an interesting doco if if they had it taken, if it, if it was just probably a feature length, not bloody four episodes or whatever it was, and if mm. after a certain point they started introducing, hey, this guy might have been a little bit loose. He might have lost touch with reality at, at certain points of this investigation. But in, instead, what they did is the last 10 minutes of it, they said this might have been the case when really it was the, the case... The, from very early in the investigation, so I don't, I don't think that was a bad. Yeah. I think that would have been an interesting. Like I think that would have been a pretty good doco if we didn't spend so long. And I think that was the Netflix problem on this one that they wanted more. Yeah, of it. yeah. The four episodes. At least the Nielsen one was a, was just a. It was just an eighty-five minute documentary. Yeah. Funnily enough, it probably could have had an extra episode to discuss those sociological angles, mm. which I think would have actually given it some depth. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a little bit up and down in their true crime stuff. That's it for me, though. Right. What'd you All have? right. Well, I I finally watched Blood Red Sky. What'd you think? Yeah, I was pretty happy with it. Pretty happy with it. I mm. liked the way that they presented what was going on. Something a little different, but it then does fall into very standard fare after that. But, yeah, it was enjoyable. I thought I had a pretty good time with it. Yeah. Adam, we spoke about this, but, I mean, I love watching Joe Bob Briggs. 
and I love even a bad movie with Joe Bob Briggs, but uh, I, Hacker Lantern really tested me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it was a bit of a laugher because of how inept it was <laughs> and how, um, as he continually points out, the, the guy didn't seem to understand what Halloween was. <laughs> and the funniest part of the thing was that they'd cast the bloke in a, in a fairly major role thinking he was a big star. His name escapes me at the moment, but he he plays the oh, grandfather. Oh yeah, and he was awful. Pike. Pike. That's it. Holy he shit. puts together one of the all-time worst performances <laughs> I have ever seen. I mean, you tell me occasionally that Donald Pleasance is hamming it up. Donald does not know what. Donald's not even eating fucking meat compared to this bloke. Don, Donald's a veggie. Like, Donald's a fucking vegan. This guy. <laughs> He's a fucking slaughterman. Oh, he's dishing up one of the one of the worst performances I've ever seen in my life. So, look, it was interesting. As I said, Joe Bob always adds something. So, it was it was interesting to watch it from that. But good lord, what a what a strange film that was. You know the funny thing about it too. High Pike, like I remember when I put it on, he he, he had, he's in the opening scene with the little boy. Yeah, on the back of the truck. Yep. And as soon as he opened his mouth, I was like, oh, fuck, what am I in for? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't think he was going to be in it for that long, but especially, yeah, immediately you see him and you think, oh, well, shit, hopefully he won't be around much, but uh, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I, my personal favourite, I, I couldn't stop laughing at the sequence where they're at the, it's at the dance near the end. Yeah. And they're trying to sort of create this air of sort of suspense or whatever with the guy in the mask or the fucking, you know, they're, like, they're dressed in like monks robes and shit. Yeah. The mask actually looked all right. The, that was one thing about the movie. Yeah. That was right. But they do this shot where it kind of pans across all these people dancing and then you just, you know, you're supposed to be to sort of see the, the mask guy hidden in, the, in amongst the crowd. Mate, mm. there's four people dancing and this bloke's fucking standing in the corner. The music goes all. Oh, shit. <laughs> it was very strange. Oh, fucking hell. I did a little bit of work with Joe Bob, actually. I um, also watched Chopping Mall. How was that? It was all right. It was a bit of fun. I mean, it is, everyone always brings it up, but it is funny that it's called Chopping Mall and there's no, no chopping to be seen in the entire movie, but <laughs> as a little bit of exploitation fare, I didn't mind it. I thought it was a bit, thought it was a bit of fun. Mm. I also watched Maniac, the original one. Oh, yeah, I hadn't oh, seen geez. it. That one had escaped me. I had seen it. I've seen it years and years ago and I vowed that I wouldn't watch it again. Yeah, look, she's a grubby little film, that one. <laughs> I'm not a big yeah, fan yeah, of it. Yeah, it's I, I didn't enjoy no. it a hell of a lot. Again, having Joe Bob's input was good because Tom Savini was actually on the episode. So there was a bit of a conversation around not only that film, but a little bit of Savini and his career. So that was <clears throat> that was good. Oh, that's always good. I also um, went back to Wolf Cop because it, Wolf was, Cop. it was covered as well by Joe Bob. So I, I watched Wolf Cop again. Look, I'm a big fan of that. I really enjoy the first one. I also got the opportunity to watch the second one, Another Wolf Cop, which I hadn't seen yet. Yeah. Look, I didn't enjoy that one as much, other than um, the song You're a Strange Animal, Adam, which 
I quickly flicked the film clip to you. <laughs> Catchy little bit of Honestly. 80s, 80s work, but I don't know what's going on in the film clip. <laughs> I don't think he does. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. I love his band, though. His fucking band is loving life. Yeah, they are loving it. Absolutely every minute of it. A high energy performance would be one way to describe it. Um, so yeah, that was that was interesting. In terms of TV, obviously, I said I've been punching through the office, really enjoying that. But then Heels was the only only other major one that I I, I checked out, and we sort of spoke about that. I did watch the first yep. twenty minutes of Chapel Wait and then fell asleep. <laughs> not that's not that is not a comment on Chapel. Really, I believe I started watching it. I believe I started watching it fairly late. Me don't. Um, and not at all. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I will give that another it's crack. It's a riveter. Probably. <laughs> probably tonight I'll give that another crack. A little bit of book work to mention, Adam. Obviously, oh. we were supposed to be, we were supposed to have had a chance to see Candyman by now, the new one, but with mm. the lockdown, we haven't been able to see it. But it's given me a little bit more time to go back, so I'm going to go back and watch the others beforehand. Um, other than Day of the Dead, which seems to have just been dropped like, like, like nobody's business from every fucking streaming service here, you just cannot see that one. I think it was it was on. But one that's of them. the worst one of the lot, isn't it? That's it is. But terrible. I still wanted to check it out. I've got the other two available to watch, but I actually went back to uh, to I, now. I've never read anything by Clive Barker. The book. So I actually I didn't get the books of blood. I just I just listened to the audio book of the Forbidden, and I was actually surprised by how I mean it's basically the same. Like they kept a lot of stuff from the from the the movie. Like they didn't change a hell of a lot of of what Clive Barker had put together. They sort of just built on mm. top of it. And I do think the movie actually built it to 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 an, to took the thing to another level. But. Uh, what he put together was very, very good and was, you know, essentially all of the stuff was already there. They just obviously, you know, they, it's been well documented how they they added, they, they took it to, a, to to the different location and obviously the design of the Candyman in general is, is kind of what we know now from the movie. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, it was a good one to go back and listen to. It was fairly, fairly brisk. Okay. So aside worth, from that. Worth your time? Yeah, definitely. Definitely worth the time. I actually found it on YouTube, I think, so I didn't have to... I shouldn't be saying that, but I didn't have to use one of my audio credits because it was sitting there. Look, I didn't put it up there, so I've got limited culpability. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> <But> <laughs> You've got no culpability in my book. Fuck. <laughs> you know, put that bullshit up there, I'll fucking watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, it was, very, it, was, it was there to listen to, and I just just uh, decided to do that. Other than that, yeah, I got on t- onto a bit of documentary work myself. A little bit different from, from your, your work there, Adam. Probably a little less serious. But I got hit. I watched, I watched one called Insert Coin, which was about Midway. Obviously, a bit of a link to our action movie stuff there, given that they yeah. really kicked things off with the, the Terminator Terminator Two arcade game. But yeah, it was it was pretty solid. It wasn't wasn't a riveting doco, but it was good to if you had any interest in. You know, we were in arcades right at that time. Like I remember the frenzy around things like NBA Jam and Mortal Kombat. Obviously, yeah. if you've listened to this before, you know I was probably caught up in that myself being still a Mortal Kombat fan to this day. So, uh, yeah, that was really cool to watch. The other docos, Adam, both of them uh, both of them, extremely relevant given what our next movie is going to be. A couple that I just stumbled across on Amazon. The first one is a mm. documentary called Stallone, Frank, that is. 
which, <laughs> which is all about our man Frankie Stallone and his career and how he. I mean, it was entertaining, but I've got a bit of an issue with how it was portrayed. It was all put, portrayed as kind of just missed opportunities. But there was certainly well, not, not 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 a lack of talent. Well, well, there's certainly a story to tell there in the sense that he was busting his tail trying to trying to make a music career long before Sylvester was doing his his stuff, and had did have a couple of opportunities that were you know a couple of. I mean, it's 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 the sort of story that the music industry is littered with, right? Oh yeah, we signed a deal, but then the, the you know the. the the next week, the Tell record over. company slashed all the publish, publishing, oh, sorry, the, the marketing costs and we missed out all, and all this sort of stuff. But I think in the long run, you get the sense that, yeah, the guy did his, the guy, the guy grinded and did his work, but possibly didn't have what it took to, to be the best of the best. And really, if you look at it, probably did get more opportunities than, than other people did because, you know. Because of his brother. Because he got in into that scene with Rocky, you know, he got the little, you know, take it back, and all that sort of stuff. Like, he got a couple of chances on the yeah. back of that. But again, didn't pan out. He got an album that uh, didn't quite work out, you know, like, and then the acting stuff, he's got a pretty good sort of view on things. It's a bit of a laugh, you know, they, they bring up a couple of his roles. But then they also do say, look, there was a couple of performances that he put in some really good work in and, and just didn't get seen or, or you know, they were, they yeah. were critically well-received but audiences didn't go and watch them. So, yeah, it was an interesting little bit of work. It was probably a little bit too much, a little bit too gushing. Like everybody, everybody in there was just, oh, he's super talented. You should see him performing. I mean, there was one part at the start where they've cut this little bit to – they go, oh, Frank, he, he just, he's just got a command. He's a performer like no other. And they choose to mm. cut it to this musical bit where he stops in the middle and does this little kind of shimmy and flicks his arm to the side. And I just burst out laughing. I was just like, that is not, <laughs> that is not what you want when they're talking about your performance skills. Um, but, yeah, everyone's in it. Sylvester's in it. Yeah. Arnie's in it. They, Arnie's you know, they, they give a little bit less time. And then there's a couple of real interesting ones, like Richie Sambora shows up, and I'm th- sitting there going, "What the fuck's Richie Sambora doing here?" But it turns out that Richie Sambora, as like a 17, 18 year old or whatever, filled in for a couple of gigs for for his band. And Sambora was saying, "Yeah, I used to oh, go really? watch them all the time. I loved them." So, yeah, it, it was interesting enough. It wasn't great. It was like I said, it was overly gushing. I think everyone was talking about how great the bloke was, and I appreciate the work that he's put in. But yeah, I think possibly it's just. You know, when you get to the levels that he's got opportunities at, it is you, you. You're if you don't make something of it, it's usually because the talent's not quite there. Yeah, is that or, correct? You know, the record company, especially not- with the doors he would have had opening for him with Sylvester around. Correct, and there is a little bit of you know how that graded him. How he's you know overnight he went from a musician that was starting to earn a little bit of respect in kind of the local scenes and all that to Rocky's brother. Which would have been hard to Yeah, call. I can see how that would suck, yeah. Um, the other one was there's a doco on there called Val about that's been put oh, Val together Kilmer. by Val Kilmer. And look, poor old Val is not in good shape at the moment. No. You, you get a you get a look at him in his in his current state having battled the cancer. Yeah. So he's not in good shape, but the the funny side of thing the, the thing is that he seemed to have 
a video camera present for a shitload of stuff. It seems like he he documented yeah. a lot of his life on video. So it takes you to fucking Juilliard. It takes you to his first Broadway gig where he went from being the lead to being bumped down two spots because Sean Penn and Kevin Bacon became available and he's he's got footage of it all. He's got footage of him backstage. Oh, wow. I mean, there's one part where Bacon and Sean Penn, you know, he, he walks into the locker room and Sean Penn looks a little bit testy, which is no surprise, but Bacon's there going, you know, is that a, a video camera? Is, it, is that rolling or whatever? And next thing you know, Bacon and Sean Penn are fucking dropping their pants and mooning the camera and all this sort of shit. Like, Great stuff. He's got high jigs of high quality high jigs of plenty, you know, <laughs> high level high jigs. That's, that's, that's why you get the big rolls, you know. But, but um, yeah, Top Gun. I'm up to Top Gun. I got up to the part where he went through Top Gun and Willow. And just got up to sort of his wedding, but yeah, really good so far. Really good. He's a strange. He's a strange. Bloke. I think he was always a very intense. Um, yeah, very intense bloke. I'm looking forward to seeing how it's going to handle his difficult reputation, and, and seeing yeah, if he's going to address I, I that. I would suggest it's not. Going, I don't know. I, I I would suggest it might be more of a less likely to cover that. Um. Because yeah, and he's obviously uh, in conjunction a, with him. He's going to have a he's going to have a, a an opinion on that that's going to be very different. I would assume oh, that it's going to be. Course. Oh, I was just I was just dedicated to you know the, the typical response of someone who's an asshole on a film set. <laughs> I, was, I was dedicated yeah, yeah, yeah. to the craft. Fuck off. <laughs> like, yeah. I suggest uh, Jim Carrey. <laughs> Jim yeah. Carrey's told yeah. said that kind of shit on Man on the Moon. And... Jim Carrey appears to be very very dedicated. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I tell you what, I found uh, just just a side note to that. I saw a quote from Tom Hanks about that. Yeah. And he was kind of like, "Look, if you're do- if you're being difficult because it's part of the the role, I can cut you some slack. But if you're just being difficult to be a fucking prick, then I'll probably job you." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the question, the, the, the question, like, yeah, all right. The, the question I've got is: if you have to be difficult for every role you do, like, like. It, is that possible? Yeah. <laughs> Is every role you get require you to be difficult? <laughs> yeah, I think exactly. there's probably t- and you know when it's the lunchroom, fucking don't be difficult. Fucking go and sit by yourself. Just don't be difficult. <laughs> but also, I don't, I don't can you turn that shit off? Dealing with your shit. Yeah, can you just turn that shit off? You're a fucking actor. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to act when the camera's around, and then you're supposed to be normal, aren't you? <laughs> Somewhat, somewhat. I think some yeah. of these people aren't normal. They, 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 they because of their look. The industry itself is full of fucking back padding and all that kind of bullshit. Yeah. It's like and sport. And then you know, you know, your very, whole life you've been told how awesome you are. I mean, Jim Carrey is the is the epitome of fucking self importance. Like the way yeah. that guy goes about things at the moment. And and look, I've got an appreciation for what he does and a respect for the work that he's put in. But seeing that documentary about how he acted on on the the set of Man on the Moon is, I mean, I think some of the shit that he was doing was just unacceptable. And he's lucky that Jerry Lawler didn't fucking pull his head off his his fucking neck yeah. the way that he was going on. Yeah, exactly. Well, it'll be interesting. It will be interesting to see that play out with Val Kilmer. Yeah, because I'm, I'm he's really never been my favourite actor. No. But 
I've had an appreciation for some of his performances, and we talked about our next action film is going to be Tombstone, mm. and he's fucking fantastic in that movie. He is, as is um, you know Frank Stallone uh, in limited minutes. <laughs> is he in it? Is he? Yeah. Is he? Fuck! I can't wait. <laughs> I didn't know. As is Kurt Russell. Yeah, yep. As is Kurt Russell in dual roles as um, lead leading man and quasi director. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're led to believe. Uh, but yeah, that was it. That was it for me. I've got to, I've got to finish Val, but but so far so good. I'm thinking, you know, it, again, it's I, I feel like it's going to end up being another one where because of the personal involvement of the man and and what was required to get access to to the film, I guess we're going to have to to accept a take on it and because it's all through his his voice they've got a really interesting sort of way to tell the story is that he's frustrated that he can't talk really he can talk but he didn't want to do the whole documentary with his little little is um, it his son? device his son does all the voice work yeah. as him essentially and then there's yeah. the, you know there's there's videos of him going to Juilliard with his dad so it's kind of this interesting dynamic there but I think a, a, a byproduct product of that is that we'll get, again, a really glowing take on things rather than, yeah, I was a prick sometimes. The, the truth. And they, they actually, they've started, to, they've started to talk about why sometimes he was difficult. I mean, it starts out with his brother was 15 and, and drowned in, a, had an epileptic, epileptic fit in the spa at home and drowned. And he was kind of like his, his kind of partner in crime. His, that They showed all these videos. They yeah. would make all these little home videos. They would make all the movies that they loved, remake the movies that they loved at home. And Val Kilmer basically said, you know, I, I had a, a fucking, you know, I, he had more creativity in his little finger than I did. And so he kind of carried yeah. that shit for a long time. And, I mean, that's a reasonable fucking... A reasonable explanation for for some what what might have caused some of your intensity and some of your difficult nature. Like if you had you know things out of that that you didn't deal with, but how far he's going to go into that is it's debatable at the moment. It's always interesting just to look at guys like that because it also depends on the the players you know who is around. Yeah, he's difficult. He, he was difficult in certain roles because he thought his fucking his star was at the top. Right? Yeah, yeah. So he becomes a very difficult person to deal with. But he's not difficult on the set of Heat or something like that because he's being told, you're fucking nobody. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, that's you're, right. You're down here. You know, Robert De Niro and Pacino and all these people, they're going to be, they're running the show. You're just down here. Do your fucking job. Yeah. <laughs> or they'll yeah. tell you where it's at. I'll tell you what the one that I would be most interested in, in terms of whether he was difficult or not, is something like Top Gun, where yeah. it was early in his career. It was all I saw early in Cruz's career. Yeah. So who who did did Cruz always have that, you know, that sort of way about him that he seems to have now, which you know, he's kind of the alpha male on these sets and. Everything mm. runs pretty smoothly except for the mummy. Well, Kilmer, Kilmer actually, you know, they show some interesting stuff on there, like Kilmer partying with his little crew, and it's the crew that was was with him in the movie. He basically says, you know, his his method was to take this rivalry in the film and kind of take it off 
off the screen. Yeah. And so his little oh, yeah. click, his little his little crew of guys became a little click, and so did so did cruises. Yeah. But he says, you know, I always considered Tom Cruise a friend and and loved what he did, but that was my way of of getting the the acting performance out of it. Yeah. He's in Maverick, isn't he? Uh, is he not? I believe. I well, believe he is actually in that. Yeah, we think that he's going to be in there in some capacity. Well, fuck, mate. I'm sorry. Just, and look, this is not Val Kilmer's fault. The man has been very, very ill recently. But fucking Tom Cruise has been drinking bloody. He's a vampire, surely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you put, you yeah. put these two guys side by side, and they're fucking thirty odd years later. Yeah. Close to 40 years later, Cruz still looks somewhat the same. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, fuck. But it, it, it will actually be interesting to see how they use him in Maverick. Yeah, well, I, I'm, uh, I'm assuming it'll just be a very small part. I, I remember when we first talked about uh, the possibility of a Top Gun sequel when it was first mentioned. Yeah. In one of our episodes early on, and it was about... Yeah, it was me, you, and Gibbo, and we're all like, "Why the fuck are we doing this? You know what? What are we thinking yeah. <laughs> with a second Top Gun?" But when I saw the trailer, I got pretty fucking excited. <laughs> I'm not, not yeah, going to yeah. lie; it was pretty I got good. excited. It was a good trailer. Good trailer. Yeah, yeah. and the, the, the just the technology to put and the cameras and stuff they can put into the the cockpit now. Hmm. I mean, the, 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 they did such a great job to get what they got in 1984. But fuck, they're going to have they're going to have everything, you know. They'll, they'll get all sorts of footage now. Yep. So the flying scene should be fucking awesome. Well, let us know how Val plays out. The rest of it plays out. I was actually going to bring up something else, Jared. Podcast. Stephen King's Strawberry Spring. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they dropped the first two episodes. It's a narrative podcast, so it's kind of like a, you know, I guess you'd say it's like a, a movie or a, a story, yep. but just told through a yep. podcast format. And the first two episodes were pretty good. Like any of that stuff, because you can't see it and you can't read it, they try and they have to tell you what sometimes what's going on, and it's quite clunky the way they do that. But... Overall, I was pretty happy with it. I now va- I hadn't remembered the story initially, but then as I started getting into it, I kind of realised I remember. I do remember the story, and I remember what actually happens in it. But overall, I think they've done a pretty good job. They've expanded yeah. upon it quite well. Well, you know, I'm shocked that Stephen can give us something for free, like with his well-documented money troubles. So it's it's funny that he can just sort of yeah, exactly, yeah, add something no, out to us. He's been- <laughs> He's been paid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit where it is now. Yeah, he doesn't care. <laughs> but, yeah, worth a look. If you're a Stephen King fan, definitely worth a listen. All right. Let's cut the shit and get into the episode five, Slasher. How did you feel about it? Talk to me. I think all in all, I didn't enjoy it as much as the last episode, but mm. it's just continued this this feel and, and enjoyment of the season that I think is is much higher than, than previous seasons. I think obviously we're starting to move towards towards the end game and we have less sort of characters to work with, but it sort of gives you 
gives you more time to work through them. And I enjoyed some of what came out about the mother of Theo and Vincent and O'Keefe and her yeah. the way she handled her art installation with Theo. I really enjoyed some of that stuff. And I think just, yeah, in general, it's still really, really far and away the best season of it for me. I could have done with a little more. I could have done with a little, little more of the uh, the game this time around. I thought we were going to get into the into the the paintball shit a little bit more. Yeah, but I think that all, would have been a good idea. Yeah, all in all, another another fun episode. I actually thought they were going to give us a little bit of what was going on through the course of the game, like they have previously, and I think that actually might have worked this week because it, yeah. it, it's a it's a game that would have taken a bit longer. Yes. Yeah. All in all, again, another enjoyable episode, and I'm just I'm I'm hooked in. I'm really enjoying the season. Yeah, yeah I'll agree. <clears throat> Certainly wasn't as good as last episode, but <clears throat> but it wasn't at the lower end like episode three was for me. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I agree that the game could have gone on longer, uh, and it would have possibly shook out some interesting information. I do have some concerns come theory time. Yeah. So do I. <laughs> That's uh, worrying me. My concerns are I might be out on my ass from the from the detective squad this week. Yeah, well, you won't be you won't be the only one. As far as the pros go, I really like the, the paintball with fucking rubber balls. I mean, yeah. most people, hopefully, quite a few people who listen to this podcast would have played paintball, and fuck, it hurts with normal paintballs. Yeah, imagine getting a hit with a rubber ball. Yeah, exactly. A um, rubber with with it, the with the bloody shit all jacked up, the bloody more air pressure yeah, yeah. or whatever they were talking about. So yeah. it's firing like a gun, you know, it's really going. I thought that was really cool. And I think it also kind of touched on the idea of they kind of create an alliance and then they kind of turn on each other, you know, or they turn. Yep. You know, that type of thing. Like the whole alliance of we'll get her, we'll get yeah, Liv. Yep. yep. Uh, and then by the end of it, yeah, it all sort of turns really quickly as to who the winner is. So I kind of like that. And the bloody mother getting shot in the eye with one. Fuck, yeah. close Oof. range. Shit. Woof. Yeah, well blow your eye out. She handled that well. <laughs> she took it better than I would have. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I mean, they show, they show what looks like, you know, maybe an hour later or something. She's sitting in the kitchen holding a conversation. I'd have been sitting there howling like a banshee. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, Jared, I didn't want to bring this up, but quite frankly, I would have shot you in the pills. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting that to happen. I was disappointed. I was very disappointed when Liv didn't do more to Vincent other than a quick shot in the throat. I thought, yeah. I thought, a, I thought a, a little, you know, a rubber ball to the to the agates would have been perfect. Oh, making his fucking Norbert bloody idiot instead of an outie. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Talking about how I like a banshee, far yeah. out. See, I didn't have a lot of pros, um, pros and cons. I liked the episode as a whole across yeah. the board. And the short bit we got of Cronenberg where he basically tells the art art lady <laughs> that she's basically just a fucking a leech. Essentially, yeah, yeah. she he gives her a fucking serve as he leaves the dinner table. I'm like, this bloke is loving it. Yeah, yeah, he's fantastic. He's got the best role in the show. He does by far. I also like that we jump straight into the episode with uh, Liv and Liv and uh, Vincent 
getting into it. I mean, yeah, within yeah. a couple of within a couple of minutes, we're locking arm bars and fucking just about snapping snapping arms yeah. and shit like that. I thought, yeah, well, that you know that stuff was bound to sort of explode. I'm I, I was kind of happy that we just went with this episode with less of the kind of you know dancing around each other and just just you can see but things escalating. Yeah, that they, they are sort of escalating week to week, which is good. I also again a little bit of what I considered a little bit of the the, the humor that's popping up. When they're heading out with the guns, we get, don't shoot Afra in the face. She's a child, for Christ's sake. (laughs) 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 Oh, the fact that we have to say that, (laughs) and it's probably something that that these people need to hear. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't shoot her in the face. (laughs) All right, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. But everything else is fair game on a child. Yes. I love it. I also thought it was uh, it, it was super satisfying that that we are starting to the mother is is getting or seemingly getting a little bit of comeuppance. I'm curious as to why we didn't. You know, I, I know we're getting less characters and we're starting to play out what's going to happen. But I thought it was a nice little move to have her win the game and then kind of add this extra level of no, you didn't win. You've got it's it's one on one here. And you know, yeah. confirming everything we we we've been saying about her the whole that she's way. She's just a, in it for herself. Yeah. Yep. She. You know. She even with it. her own children. Yeah. And I thought that was a really interesting way to go because you know, for for what we've seen, she puts out this pain about oh, I lost a child or you know, when yeah. The whole time we were looking at it as self-serving, and it just sort of confirmed that yeah, that's all. That's what it was because she's willing to kill her own child to get to this cash. She actually just goes exactly. ahead and does it this week. So um, yeah, I, I thought that was a nice little, nice little way to escalate things too. Yeah, agreed. Uh, as far as things I didn't like, not much really, except for some pretty bad overacting on a couple of occasions. Mm. Uh, especially from the art, you know, Theo and, and Vincent's mother. Yeah. There's one in particular bit where she, someone mentioned, I think O'Keefe sort of mentioned something to her about Brigitte and that, and she fucking swings around and just delivers this all god-awful line about how, they stole my son. It's just, it's so fucking bad. I was just like, yeah. oh. And Jesus. she'd sort of been – I felt she, she'd been pitching it really well so far, and I, I agreed. I thought this episode she started to really go over the top. Yeah, hysterical and, and, and things like that and just – I mean, the Florence – Just not quite there. The Florence character, I guess, has gone – that's her name, isn't it, Florence? She's gone from – Yeah, I think so. I mean, she's been really funny. She was really funny early on. And then, you know, obviously we started to get a little bit darker – which was still working, but yeah, this week it just went to raving kind of lunatic levels. Yeah, that I just, mean, even at the end said. when she's trapped in that that thing, that that um, sculpture that she made. Yeah, she's trapped in it by the head, and and all of that is just hideously over the top. You know, it's like God, you needed to bring that down. I know that the show is starting to push towards more over the top elements. Yeah, which is understandable. But you got to pitch the performance because things were going okay with her performance two or three two episodes ago. Yeah, but now that's she's what I just thought. turned into a raving psycho. Mm. So that was my only real big dislike for me. I had one more. Yeah. Let's be clear: 
Liv would have fucking towed everyone up on on the paint on the paintball game. Yeah, well, that was the indication. The She's way got, she took the guns, she she refitted them, she she yeah. prepared them for the and, game. You know, we've been insinuated. Anticipating. We've insinuated the whole season that she's got military experience. It's a little bit different to paintball. She's not just she's not going to just be wandering out on the open and being snuck up on like she was. Yeah. Her stealth work was a little bit like me in some of some of the video games that we play, Adam. Like, you know, Red Dead Redemption when it just says you go into the camp quietly and I walk in there and accidentally fire my gun or something and then, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the sort of work she was producing. Like, yeah. Yeah, so. or my, um, my Call of Duty form where I just charge out of cover and just fucking start blasting. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. I killed everyone. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a bit like yeah, my my stealth form is a bit like Gary Gary Busey in Bulletproof, and I think she was <laughs> she was working with the same sort of toolkit there by the looks of it. Which you know, I felt that was a little bit hard to hard to take that she would have got taken out in the way that she did. I um, know that it, they were trying to do the whole gang up, yeah. and obviously it was going to lead to they had to have the idea that Florence and O'Keefe would end up in the the bunker. She was actually taken out so easily that it looks suspicious. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Well, is this theory time? Are well, you bringing could, that in as a theory? We could start to move it. We could start to move into there because I didn't have any any other things that I really was down on in the episode. Yeah, okay. Well, theories. You say and live well, potential that, here? That erased, that, 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 that raised suspicion because... Like I said, she was taken out relatively easily for someone that seems to have a, a fairly strong military background and, and we're led to believe yeah. has seen some sort of action. That's a little bit different to paintball and people that haven't played it before. Yes, correct. So that erases, uh, that, 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 that raises a little bit of suspicion. That's, that's a tough one because she also engaged in hand-to-hand combat with the fucking killer. She which, did. Which, you know... Again, are they gonna cheat? Is I this mean, what there is there is a handful of people left that if they are going to be involved have had a run in with the gentleman. So it, it makes yeah. me think that, that more than one is gonna be the scenario again. Quite possible. Of course. But but you look at something like Scream, for instance, right? When I say cheat, Scream doesn't cheat. It does that whole thing where Billy is accosted in the bedroom with Sid. Yes, but it's and for allegedly her. killed. It's put on for her. It's for her. Yes, put on for it's her. It's not. But it's in, not. in terms of the film, in terms of the film, though, we as the audience are seeing what she's seeing. Yes. So it, it works in that sense. It's not a cheat. So it's a cheat it's, that he's not dead. Yeah. Which makes me feel like this is why I'm sort of I'm looking at it and I'm I'm still not thinking that she's involved. I'm thinking it's just. Yeah. They had the whole gang up storyline because yes, her her um, run in with the gentleman took place when there was no other when person no one there. else around. As Look, far there as is, I'm aware, there is still reason to suspect her because she was involved when you know she told her mother to go and do something while she fixed the boat and yeah. this. So there's a couple of reasons to still suspect her, but I'm not I'm not heavily leaning that way. Look, I'm still on Theo. Yeah. Even so though it's starting to stick out like dog's nuts because he, 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 if we so if we found his dark side a little bit this time. Yeah. And we saw a bit more of him being sort of ruthless. Yep. But honestly, 
I just we are whittling down suspects. Yeah. I mean, who in the world could it actually be? Well, I'm going to go this direction. I'm going to say Theo's not involved, and I'm only going to say yeah. that because I feel like I'll be disappointed if it is him because mm. what we've said, he's the one that's sticking out. He's out. He's outwardly saying lines to the camera now like it's really, you know, it's so hard to tell the difference between good and bad now. I mean, he said that to the like yeah. delivered that line this week, and I thought... You don't want to give the killer that line, do you? You want to give that to us to make us jump on it, and then 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 do the then pull the rug. Okay, let's let's just look at who's left. Okay, you say it's definitely not live in your mind. No, I'm not saying it's not definitely live. not live, but again, it's it feels like if that's the case, I agree with you. That would be a little bit of a cheat because her. Running okay. with the gentleman was not for anyone else to see. It was just her and her and the gentleman. Okay, so Liv, Vincent. See, oh, Vincent I can't again. Get behind Vincent. No, I can't because again, it's just been stuck right under your nose, and we still haven't got yes. anything confirmed that he's Vincent or he's not Vincent. They're still playing with that, and it just feels too clear. Florence, kind of a thing. But not the not the killer, in my mind. Yeah. Because she already killed, basically already killed. forced that woman into the wood chipper. Yes. And then I, now I mean, has if the killed. answer was she's a murderer, I'm just be like, well, she'd already knocked off a couple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, it's right under your nose. And we now have yeah. Afra and the stepmother. Well, that's the only other one I'm. Leaning towards if, you know, because you've cast doubt in my mind about Theo, I'm still on him. Yep. I still believe it's him. I, I, for me, I'm getting more of a sense of it's poorly planned out. It's stuck in our face and they fucked it up. Yeah. You know, or we just, we jumped on it. The average person's not seeing it. Or it's too easy. It's yeah, just too I- easy. I think it's I, – I don't think – I think it's just – it's it's right under your nose. So I just feel like it, – it, I don't feel like it could be that. I just feel mm. like he, he's but saying I'm still things on and he's – yeah. So I'm, I'm – look, I'm still I'm on him because the, he seems like the right content. Well, that's the thing. He's, he seems so clearly after, you know, after working for, through a few episodes where I'm thinking, I'm not so sure about this, it's now – it's just been so clear for, for a couple of episodes mm. that he's the man to look at. And they're doing things to purposely direct your gaze that way. Like last episode, yeah. they showed him stop for a second and look around and then run back to the house supposedly by himself yeah. because they want you sitting there going, oh, did he go back to the house or did he go and pick up his gentleman costume? I just feel like it's too clear. Because if, you're not, if we're not going with him... I can't take Vincent because it's again it's been under your nose from day dot. I can't take yeah. Florence because she's already committed murder. Yeah. So it'd just be a kind of a it'd be a bit of a letdown. Yeah. I can't you can't take Afra because what the hell's her Where's her involvement? Well, here's where I'm preparing a presentation for the higher ups. PowerPoint, PowerPoint, PowerPoint presentation, and I'm possibly going to get <laughs> tossed out of the building with with you know my belongings in my hand as you did a couple of weeks back. I can't shake the feeling that Afra's just 
something of a wild card at the moment because we're getting all these backstories of everyone else and why they're here. And yeah, you know, there's some mystery around some of them, but I just I'm looking at her and there's just nothing being put forward and there just seems to be a reason no reason for her to, to just be floating around all the time. Mm. So does that does that possibly mean the, the stepmother? It could involved? could possibly mean she's been involved. I mean she's had a similar similar sort of thing where since Seamus has gone, she's just kind of been this kind of mothering presence and looking over the games and reading out all the rules she's sort of just stuck on the island so she's had a little bit more to do than Afra. but yeah as we said she's had a run-in with the gentleman so if it's her then it's got to be someone else as well i think her run-in was when Jaden and his mother were were present as well and that was the episode that he died shortly after that Um, so it, it 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 indicates two people involved if that's the case if Afra's if Afra is involved, then it has to be right because again we're bringing up the physical thing. She can't be the gentleman because she's she's the shortest person there, and mm. the gentleman's been shown up as being taller than other people already. But with regards to the stepmother, that works because she's attacked by the gentleman, but there are other people there. She's slightly injured. I think she had her arm cut. Is that right? She's lightly injured but not murdered. Yep. Which would then indicate if it's her, that's that's the the scream thing that I talked about. Yes, it, it's you know, yeah, Billy's. It's the same thing that they did with Billy and Scream. Yeah, for so the she's benefit still, of other yeah, people. She's still around because yeah, and the fact that the other people that were with her were then immediately impacted by it does kind of keep her in the spotlight again. Yeah, true. Look, I've still got I've got two other theories for you. So. Right. Yeah, while you're fucking floundering with your... With yeah, your one, I'm, I'm up there. I'm soft. up there while all the higher-ups are sitting there on. going, oh, uh, <laughs> they're about to toss me out of the building, and I say, oh, um, Poirot, uh, I think I heard you at the, at the water cooler the other day talking about Cronenberg. Care to, care to sort of elaborate while I'm up here? <laughs> well, I can elaborate. Uh, <laughs> he... he once went to fucking Miskatonic University with Dr. Herbert West, and now he knows how to get fucking reanimated. <laughs> so I think he's still alive. That's one theory. He's alive. Yeah. And my... <laughs> don't laugh about it. <laughs> I think it's pretty cut and dry. Circumstantially... His body was certainly cut and dried very shortly after his <laughs> well, running with the well, Dr. Death. Or, yeah. <laughs> well, well, the research that I've done, you know, speaking to people like Dr. Herbert West, if, if, the, uh, if the acid doesn't hit any vital organs, you can survive. Better say, Cronenberg's still on the list. Flashbacks would suggest the bloke never fucking used his heart, so is it a vital organ? I guess that's the. <laughs> nah, it's just a fucking that's arm the lock. argument to be had. <laughs> just gristle. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't need it. Fucking hell, he gave a new one. <laughs> so, my other theory is this Is it still possible, and I raised this theory previously, and I'm still. I mean, I'm not as comfortable with the idea that Vincent's an imposter anymore, but mm. for the purposes of this theory, that would be have to be in play. And it's yep. not 100% ruled out, 
Mm-hmm. Not 100% ruled out because, as you pointed out, he, he came off more as an imposter this time. You know, with his whole, um, I know how to, you know, open doors and shit and get bypass security yeah. and all this sort of stuff. He came off more as an imposter in this episode. He did. More than last week. Where where we felt where we felt like yeah. maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was Vincent. My theory is, is it not possible that let's say the stepmother's involved mm-hmm. that Vincent isn't isn't an unseen presence still on the island, and he is the gentleman. Yeah, we haven't seen him. We don't know him. It's definitely he still is possible. Vincent, and it's, this guy's not Vincent. He's an imposter because fucking Cronenberg stitched him up and got him round there to yeah, to it's stir the pot. It's definitely still possible, but then you've also got Vincent would have to somehow be involved in that, wouldn't he? If he's an imposter, like no, the, the Vincent he's there that we see. No, not necessarily. If he's an imposter and there's no there's no knowledge from him about the real Vincent, there's I mean it just raises big, big questions about what he what he's fucking doing there at all. But maybe Cronenberg got him in there for some reason and that'll all play out. I don't know. I, well, I haven't put those pieces together. I mean that that Because that, that would that would then take care of the fact that we, we don't need to pick from two of the leftovers as being the killer and the accomplice. Yeah, true. The killer is not someone we have not seen. Yes. I just, I don't know. I just think, again, that would come off as a little bit of a cheat because we've spent this whole time with this Vincent and then they're just going to say, oh, but, yeah, you know, we kind of had the suspicions that he's an imposter. I think, look, that they could work that better than some of the other theories we're tossing out. Um, that's mm. for sure. <laughs> look, I, I'm going to fall on my sword here and say something like that would work out better than having Afra involved, even though I just I cannot shake. Yes. Every time she walks into the room and eats something, I think, what what are you doing here? What are you like, Why are you what here? What are you eating? <laughs> what are you eating? Yeah. It doesn't have lead in it. Fuck. Like, it's yeah, just... Yeah, yeah. No, you know, I'll tell you the why, why I, um, I'm leaning towards this now. He could conceivably, and, and using a real-life case for this, is the, the imposter Vincent did what that fucking bloke did in, he was from France and he yeah. came over to America saying he was a lost, he was a fucking missing child. Yep. And basically he just did it because he could, mm. essentially, and he wanted to get out of where he was. And people bought it because yeah. they were willing to buy it. Yeah. And so that could be what they're aiming for, that yeah. he's got wind of something and he's come over saying he's Vincent Yep. and the family's accepted it, Right. The real Vincent is actually has never left the island. Yeah. He has been there his whole life. And he's an unseen presence who's now the gentleman. Well that I mean that but that makes sense in He's in cahoots with someone. That makes sense. He wants revenge on the family. And, and he it, gets revenge by using somebody who's not part of the family as his accomplice. Yeah. Which and it is does the stepmother. It does things like you know, it fits with the title, flesh and blood. You know, like obviously yeah. there's 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 a lot of ways that that could fit with what's going on. But if you if that's kind of hinting towards where it's heading, then that sort of fits as well. Mm. Like, I think that's that's more reasonable. I just feel like if they decide to go that path of 
like they've done a lot of work and I think they've done it pretty successfully of keeping I mean well fuck look at me I can't figure anything out so I think they've done pretty well with with working through out of the people that are still there springing a surprise on us mm-hmm. so if they decide to yeah. bring in you know that it was Vincent and we didn't see him even worse if they bring it in and it's like they, they pull the mask off and you go oh shit it's Theo but then it's like no 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 they were twins so this is actually Vincent or something wow. like that Fuck, um, that'd be... Oof. Yeah, so... I don't know. That theory for me has got legs because... Uh, look, it's only got one leg. <laughs> <laughs> the other one was eaten off by acid. Yeah, yeah, but it's not a vital That's right. No, so the theory is still alive. Yeah, it, it's, it's fucking unbalanced, this yeah. theory. Yep. It's only got one leg. But... Those ideas have the potential to be correct, right? And play into the fact that we don't need to have seen somebody in the costume. Well, because I mean, that's one thing shit. that one but, thing that we have continued to look at is how tall this person is. Yes. Is it a man? Is it a woman? It well, you have be to look woman. at some of that. You have to look at some of that stuff. Like, yeah, you know, I remember so looking by at, taking this. If I look at something like Happy Death Day, that's how I fucking figured that that story out that was one that I picked and I picked it because they showed shots of what the the, the killer was wearing you know so yeah. that's it's something that you got to take in but again it is as mm. you're pointing out it is something that they can play with to really kind of twist our expectations a little bit and by the exactly. sounds of what we're dishing out they don't have to do a fucking lot of that to have us tangled in knots. <laughs> I know. Fucking hell. I'm tied in a fucking knot. And I think the bloody Cronenberg's still alive. Yeah. You're hanging your hat on. Cronenberg's still alive. I'm hanging my hat on. It's the little girl that's running around eating all sorts of different things. Like, yeah. I just think that that theory takes care of some of the issues. Yeah, it does. It does. Okay. And actually gets away from Theo, who we now think is it's too easy to believe it's Theo. Yeah. So if Vincent, who was never... Because, you know what? I look at it as like the sixth sense, right? And, you know, I don't know how... People would probably ask, how are you coming to this conclusion? But the sixth sense... <laughs> what? It's dead, people. You've, you've actually tossed that out. So it's not a, it's not a long bow to draw. <laughs> Yeah, true. Yeah, true. True. I, I, I'm still on par with what I normally trot out, but the the thing is, in the sixth sense, and you know, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it, but Bruce Willis is shot in the first five minutes, right? But because of the way they presented, most people didn't see that. Yeah. As being, he's 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 dead. Yeah. Right. So if you look back on the sixth sense and you see he gets shot in the first few minutes, you you realise well they fucking gave it away at the start. Yeah. But yeah. the way they present it and the way it's filmed is what keeps you from thinking that. Yeah, but so the difference right? for me there is that they've constantly kept our eyes on Vincent and had this easy and easy and imposter is he not thing continuing, continuing, continuing through the season. So I feel yeah. like that's why okay. it's different is because the the thing with the, the trick with the sixth sense was the misdirection that we just come mm. back and assume that he's survived. With this one, we're not assuming. We're still we're still asking, is he or isn't he? 
Yes, but I guess what I'm hoping is that those possibil that possibility of him being an imposter can work for it for the the, the filmmakers here hmm. if they play the card because Vincent was well, what I'm saying is they they gave us it straight up he was um kidnapped yeah in the first episode he was kidnapped right yep. but now we're prepared to look away from it because he suddenly turned up so we look away from the fact that he was kidnapped now like yeah he we don't that is Vincent. We've been looking at it all season and saying, is it or isn't it? Well, yeah, we have. We have. But that's because we're highly trained detectives. Oh, of course. We're highly trained detectives <laughs> who are sitting here fucking with our thumbs up our ass, just, just spitballing, <laughs> spitballing outlandish theories. Yeah, but that's what highly trained detectives do. <laughs> honestly, though, I've got to, like, quite honestly. I, I guess what this... I'm doing, what I'm hoping is they're making you look away from it. Yeah. To say that Vincent has been on the island for 25 years. Yeah, he's been living on off the grid. He's he's like fucking Madman Mars now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like he's off the grid, but now is his opportunity, and he's using an accomplice who doesn't belong to the family to get revenge. Yeah, so I think... And this is my, how he's going to get it. My call is, I'll put a call out there, I think that story with the brothers is going to unravel and they're going to hit us with yep. something like that, that he is an imposter or whatever, but the killer is still going to be someone different. That's that's what I'm tossing out there. Right. So, okay, so you're am, saying the killer is amongst the group? Well, I think, yeah, the killer is going to be someone amongst the group and it's going to be someone tied to Cronenberg in a way that we don't expect. Right, okay. Okay. Afra. So, Afra. Afra. Fucking... Yeah, the 13-year-old. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, the 13-year-old... You should be fucking... <laughs> Honestly, you should be drugged out of the force. <laughs> the 13-year-old and the gentleman is going to pull the mask off, revealing a, a uh, uh, Cronenberg thought to be dead. He's not dead. <laughs> Honestly, I think this is actually one of the reasons I'm enjoying this season a lot more is because I think there is so yeah. many more there is so many more ways that it can go that I'll say, yeah, okay, I bought I buy that because you've tried to throw a few different things out there. Previous seasons, especially seasons one and three especially, halfway through the season, I was confident and I was just not I was toss I was tossing something out there and I was not wavering from it. I was a hundred percent certain. Well you know, maybe ninety five percent certain. This time, I'm just sitting here going, I've got fucking... I've got no idea what's going on. Yeah. So, I'm I think actually they've done a pretty good that. job, too. Yeah. yeah, I agreed. So, I think the theories are out there. Just chew on that, listeners. Chew on that for the next episode. Don't take any but notice of any of it. that is episode five. Chew on it and spit it out, no, I'd say. No, don't take some notes. Yeah, spit it out like a fucking small piece of chalk that Afra has recently eaten. <laughs> but that is episode five fully covered. Keep your eye out for episode six next week. This is I think we're going to have a lot more to talk about next week. Yeah, we'll, it's we'll, coming we'll, together. Be more things unravelled. Yes, it's coming yes. together. So look forward to that episode. But until then, take it easy, everyone. And we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.